something very big has happened. The whole creation is humming with joy. Can you hear it? Our readings this evening say it again and again in one way after another. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice, says the psalm. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light, says the prophet Isaiah. The grace of God has appeared, says the letter to Titus, bringing salvation for all. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people, says the angel over the Bethlehem fields. The news of this night is the best of news, the most joyful, the most astounding, the most praiseworthy. The earth is humming with joy at the birth of Jesus, and the familiar story gives us all sorts of examples for how we might respond. We might join the angels in singing with all our hearts, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill toward people. We might join the shepherds in going and telling what we have seen, dancing the good news with each step. We might join Joseph in quietly receiving God's disruptive and gracious presence, allowing God to point us in new directions. The characters in the Christmas story give us this host of responses to the earth-shaking news of Jesus' birth, receiving it and singing it and sharing it, I hope they might all be part of how we respond. But I would like to invite you to sit with one response in particular tonight. One more invitation that the story offers us. Mary listened to the report of the shepherds, to all that they had seen and heard, and we are told that she treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. I keep thinking about Mary this year this young woman who only nine months earlier was happily going about her business in small town Nazareth, knowing nothing of the unimaginable turn her life was about to take. She has plenty to think about tonight, plenty to wonder about, plenty to ponder, and I think she has much to teach us. Mary is, in fact, the Bible's expert ponderer. It is not a common word in the New Testament. And two of the three times it occurs, it is Mary who's doing the pondering. When the angel Gabriel showed up on her doorstep unannounced and blurted out, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. We are told that Mary was much perplexed by these words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The Greek word for pondering literally means throwing together. It's sort of tossing something around in your mind, mulling it over working on it. Maybe even a couple of things, throwing together two things that don't quite seem to belong. Like Mary, on the one hand, a young woman from a peasant village so small and insignificant that it didn't even show up on many maps of the time, and this greeting of such honor and significance on the other. Me, favored one? How can these two things go together? How can this be? There is more pondering in the Old Testament. It's a more common word there. Sometimes it is the mercy and faithfulness of God that's being tossed around in someone's mind. The Psalms invite us to ponder God's steadfast love or the mighty deeds that God has done. 
But actually, just as often, the pondering that we find in the Old Testament isn't about such wonderful things. It is often about failures and shortcomings and fears. A character ponders the mistake he has made, turning it over and over in his mind. A prophet ponders a fallen king. The author of a psalm ponders his discontent, dwelling with it through a sleepless night. My guess is that most of us are pretty good at that kind of pondering. We know how to take something uncomfortable, a disappointment or a frustration or a mistake, and cling to it for dear life. We know how to dwell with our worries and our failures, how to look at them from this angle and that angle, how to toss them in our minds around like an endless game of ping pong. I'm guessing most of us spend more than enough time pondering bad news. And I'm also guessing that many of us, maybe most, don't spend nearly as much time pondering good news. Pondering something beautiful. Pondering the grace that holds our lives. Pondering the gift of this moment. So Mary is here to teach us tonight. She has much to think about. On the one hand, there is that news that she's just heard. Not long after her child is born, while she's resting, a bunch of shepherds she has never met before knock on the door with a story to tell. And they told her about the quiet fields, how they were minding their own business, trying to get some sleep, when suddenly there was light all around and an angel right in front of them. How the angel told them a child had just been born, who was good news and great joy for them and for all people. How they were promised they would find this child lying in a manger. How the whole sky had erupted in light just then, filled with angels, filled with song. How they needed to come and see for themselves. So on the one hand, there's that news. Angels singing and lights in the sky and a savior born for all people. And then on the other hand, there's this scene that's right there in front of her. A humble, simple room an animal's feed box, a few family members, peasants like her, who have showed up to offer care, a couple of exhausted first-time parents, a couple of grubby shepherds still smelling like the fields, a newborn baby in her arms. How can these two things, the simple, ordinary life around her and the extraordinary, wondrous news of God's coming to earth, how can they go together? How can this be? We have heard the Christmas story so many times, year after year, that it can start to feel predictable or common. But the coming of God to our world in this way, sharing our experience, sharing our life, sharing even our vulnerability, is really anything but predictable. In the child, asleep now in his mother's arms, wholly dependent on his parents for warmth and food and safety, we are meeting the one who stretched the heavens and speckled them with stars. How can this be? The angels teach us to rejoice. The shepherds teach us to share what we have seen and heard. And Mary teaches us to ponder. Not necessarily to figure it all out, but to hold the wonder of God's coming in Jesus close, to mull it over, to savor it. What would it be like this Christmas to go out pondering this gift, 
not dwelling with our worries and our fears and our regrets, but dwelling simply with the good news that God comes to us, that in Jesus, love comes to us. To help with your pondering tonight, I'd like to invite you to take just a moment right now and enter the scene. I encourage you to close your eyes. You don't have to, but I encourage you to. And imagine yourself as someone nearby on that night 2,000 years ago. Maybe a shepherd, maybe a family member tending to the new mother and child. Imagine opening the door and meeting the family. Mary, Joseph, Jesus. Imagine the sounds, the light, the scene before you. Imagine someone motioning to you and inviting you to hold the baby for a moment. Imagine how he feels in your arms. Notice his weight. Imagine the way he moves. Imagine the smell of the top of his head. Imagine rocking him, maybe even humming a tune. Imagine passing him back to his mother or an auntie nearby. This child, the one you just held, is good news and great joy for you, for your neighbor, for the stranger, for the world. How can this be? You can open your eyes. Sixty years or so after that first Christmas, the Apostle Paul sent a letter from prison to the church in Philippi, a community that he deeply loved. And near the close of the letter, he wrote this. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I am sure Paul didn't mean that we are to ignore the injustice and need and hurt in our world. Far from it. But he reminded his beloved community, and he reminds us, to hold the goodness and faithfulness of God close, no matter what, to ponder the wonderful things God has done. In the midst of whatever we may each hold this night, whatever disappointments or worries or fears, I hope you hear an invitation to join Mary in pondering this most wonderful, most joyful, most praiseworthy of things, the gift of love born among us, the gift of God here in our midst for you, for all. It is a gift to hold close and to treasure in our hearts. Thanks be to God. Amen.